Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition live of Google Workspace Recap, a Tab Geeks Network show. Each week, we normally take you through everything that's announced by Google Workspace, discussing the updates of the week and other relevant news and announcements. My name is Jesse Nolan, my co-host is Steve Larson, and we're here to help you keep up. This is our first live event, but with all the questions swirling on Reddit and various Slack channels and communities that we're in uh, and beyond, we just knew that we had to do something to help. So welcome to everyone who's joining us live. Please drop your questions into the chat and we'll do our best to uh, monitor them and answer them as they come in. Uh, with us today, we brought on two additional experts from the community to help out. We've got here Brian Kim and Jeremy, help me with the name, Grumman. Welcome to the show. Hello, good to be back. Yeah, thanks for having me and, and thanks for referring to me as an expert. I'm gonna uh, get that framed and put on my wall. There you go, put that on your LinkedIn profile. Perfect. How do you say your last name, Jeremy? Did I get it right? It is it's Grumman, yeah. Okay. All right. So Brian, just uh, some credentials here. Brian is the service delivery manager for Strata Prime, which is a Google partner based out of Canada. He's also the co-creator of Workspace Admins, where he created a Workspace SKU comparison sheet to help organizations transition from G Suite to Workspace. And we can tell you all how to access that. It is invaluably awesome. Is that a word? Invaluably? I don't know. Jeremy is the Director of Information Systems at Century Group, a mixed-use real estate developer and property management company. Prior to, the, to this, he provided tech consulting and support services to a wide range of companies and nonprofit organizations. So, uh, Jeremy, we actually have a bit in common there because I spent the last six years working for a real estate owner, operator, right. manager, etc. So, uh, we can geek out about that uh, later on. Both Brian and Jeremy, as well as Steve and myself, have been on Workspace since the very early days of Google Apps and uh, have the welcome emails to prove it. And I've got my Google uh, for Work meetup shirt that you can sort of see around my mic here from 2015. So figured bring out the uh, the legacy swag as well. Um, I think it's going to be a fun show. You know, there's a lot of misinformation going on. We're hopefully going to be able to provide some answers and some guidance on this. Uh, so let's get started. Steve, when did you first join Google Apps? Very, very first time. Oh, Google Apps. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I know I Google for your domain. In... Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I look back on one of my accounts and found it 2009 was when I created one. Uh, so just a couple of years after my, my Gmail account, which was 2006, you know, a couple of months after it got released on April 1st, uh, that year, yep. I think it was 2006, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah. So it's been a while. I created quite a few, uh, I've got it, you know, quite a few, uh, legacy accounts that exist. Uh, one for a kind of nonprofit uh, org startup that I did a couple years back. I've got a few accounts on there along with, you know, another domain that I had for uh, kind of consulting work that I did. So we kind of combined a few accounts into that. Um, and then I have, you know, my own personal name on a G Suite legacy account and a few others. So I think I have like four or five uh, legacy environments and I really haven't even taken the time to think about what I'm going to do with all the information there. I, more than likely, I'm going to transition each of those accounts into, or each of those tenants uh, into a workspace environment, but probably not have active licenses in those tenants anymore, and probably route all those emails into another account, at least the ones for myself. I don't really have the situation where, uh, other than that one where we have a nonprofit and a few people on there. Uh, most of them are all for you know individual uh, use and uh, essentially just because I wanted to have uh, multiple primary domains and with the free environment you could only attach one primary domain to each free environment 
Uh, otherwise, they had to be aliases, and we didn't really want that. I wanted to customize identities in there and have secondaries. So um, those were some things that I, that I had done uh, on that. Well, I think you can do secondaries now, too. But uh, you couldn't change the primary domain is what it, what it was with those legacy accounts after some time. So um, kind of went through some of those uh, challenges uh, after they limited that capability. Um, and, you know, the... The situation where you can transition your accounts into workspace is pretty straightforward, and I think that's um, a pretty, you know, feasible solution for, for most people that aren't going to be wanting to, um, you know, pay for something if they if they can help it, uh, because you do get to keep essentially everything on that Google account other than access to the email, access to calendar, and uh, a couple other, you know, kind of core Google services. Uh, there, so you still have access to Google Drive and your documents with the free Cloud Identity account. Uh, you can um, still access all of your YouTube content, all of your Google Play Store purchases. All that stuff is still possible. Google Voice is still possible with the Cloud Identity license. Uh, and you know, Brian or Jeremy or uh, Jesse here, jump in in case I'm uh, forgetting or missing something or uh, something like that. But um, you know, if you still need to have an account. Uh, that's where those challenges come into place because if you if you need to have those emails still coming into a, you know in an account, uh, there's going to be some costs incurred if you can't move over to a nonprofit domain, for example, or uh, you know some other kind of cheaper alternative. Just uh, reading through some of the comments, uh, the name that I butchered is Constantine, like John Constantine from the comics. Uh, thanks for that. Thanks for correcting me, and uh, good to see everybody who's here. A uh, whole bunch of questions coming in here, and uh, BJ, who told me just to curse without abandon because we're all adults, so uh, uh, <laughs> we'll see, maybe. Uh, there's certainly been plenty of cursing going on surrounding this entire topic uh, over the last uh, week or two or whenever it went live. Um, and speaking of it going live, and I want to get back to uh, Jeremy and Brian in terms of when you guys got started in your situations, but it's so weird that Google has been completely blase about how they're publicizing this. It was just, you know, a support article that was updated. And that same support article has been silently updated this entire time. It's just like, well, okay, we're going to talk about it, but we're not really going to talk about it. So I don't know. That was something that I thought was bizarre coming from Google, where they usually will put out a blog post or an update or in the terms of shutting down the old Google sites, 25 updates for an entire year before they go ahead and actually do the thing. So it's been it's been a little bit weird, uh, but I digress. So uh, Brian, when did you get started on uh, on Workspace, and you know what do you what's your situation looking like? Yeah, I was just a little bit quiet because I was just going through my email history in the inbox, and it looks like I don't have all the emails there, but I think I signed up sometime back in 2012, which is already after Google has started winding down the Google apps legacy or g suite legacy back then so i was actually only able to set up a sign up for a single user account even then uh, it required a bit of a workaround because i do remember having to sign up for uh, google cloud platform for when google was initially starting their gcp i guess as a service so basically i had to create a project create a building account then google gave me a single user account to complete the or uh, get a, uh, I guess, a G Suite legacy account. So I think that's when I had signed up. So I only have a single user domain. So the impact for me is fairly low. So I initially signed up because I wanted a custom email address when I was initially looking for jobs out of university. So that's how I get started. So I did actually upgrade to G Suite in the past. So when I uh, 
joined uh, my current employer. So I had to go through some of the training material. So rather than signing up for a new uh, workspace trial or a, another uh, test domain, so I just decided to upgrade. So which was possible back then to for you to upgrade and downgrade back, which is what I did. So downgrading hasn't been an option for a number of years. So if you actually did upgrade sometime between when G Suite Legacy wound it down or wound down, and then Google removed the Google has since then removed the ability to uh, downgrade back to um, G Suite Legacy once you upgrade it. So that feature is something that Google removed rather quietly, I believe, sometime in the past. So uh, that, I think that's probably worth uh, highlighting for some of those, uh, for some of you who may have, uh, I guess, upgraded or continue or looked at upgrading sometime in the past. Yeah, I definitely use that upgrade downgrade uh, trick a couple times when I needed to add a domain here or there. I upgraded to add my domains and then downgraded again. So uh, I could uh, take advantage of that feature. And then yes, they kind of quietly prevented that from occurring multiple times or at, at all anymore. Yeah, I primarily used for like receiving like spam messages now. So I have an info app to receive any messages. And I recently only started using groups to route some messages. So like my sister and I share an Amazon account. So we have Amazon app. So like we both get the messages depending on who needs to receive the messages. So I'm unsure if I will upgrade. I likely will uh, because I do have some storage requirement. Uh, so I, I think SharedRive is uh, one thing that I might be using uh, for a single account, but also, also Google has that specific storage limit. If you read the terms of service for business standard, so they have limits where uh, you get the two terabytes per user if you have, I think, five or more users. But I don't think Google is really cracking down on that, I guess, the term just yet. But Google may uh, change their mind uh, sometime in the future as well. You know, I see one question coming in here you know, that, that Manny's asking, you know, if we've been able to find out, um, you know, why Google is actually doing this. And uh, I know Jesse and I were uh, hoping to get some response from Google. We've been working with their workspace PR team. Unfortunately, didn't get uh, kind of a sufficient response in time for today's live event. But we are working on uh, scheduling an upcoming live event with uh, a Googler that will probably give us, um, you know, some insight into that question. And hopefully... Uh, let us know, uh, you know, a little bit more about, uh, you know, what's what's, what's happening. happening. And I would, I would just hear Brian, Brian get some feedback. feedback. Yeah, I think that might have been uh, Jeremy just rejoined, and uh, oh, I muted okay. I muted you, Jeremy. So you're gonna have to unmute yourself if you uh, want to talk on there. Had a little bit of feedback there. Yeah, Steve, to your point. Um, uh, hopefully we're going to be able to get that Googler on here and it's going to be, uh, that's definitely going to be a show that nobody's going to want to miss um, if we actually manage to pull it off. Um, but yeah, it's, there is apparently a crap load of internal pushback as well as external pushback coming from Google. Um, employees who were, well, really as taken aback and as pissed off as we are about this. So um, this is one interesting area where Google actually does seem to appear to be listening. Um, as I said at the top of the show here, they did put out that survey. So if you haven't taken it yet, it's in the uh, show notes uh, for the G Suite Legacy free edition feedback form to tell them that you are using it for your family and um, have less than 10 users and so on. So I hope I'm not... Uh causing feedback right now. Nope, you're good. So a question on that front is, uh, what about, or do, do you know anything, Jesse, about users or, or sorry, uh, legacy 
accounts with more than 10 users that are family accounts or or friends or organizations like you know, a soccer team or something like that that uh, that that had a free account uh, is Google uh, has Google set 10 as the sort of the firm number of, of what, what constitutes a, a non-business user yeah. uh, user size. That's the $6 per user per month question right there. Um, <laughs> they seem to be saying that, you know, 10 or below is going to be what's allowed for their offering, but their offering doesn't even yet seem to be anything that is really uh, something that I would want to promote and say, okay, this is a good option. It's more of uh, looks like they're talking about a downgrade path. Um, and this gets into more of the show here and, and kind of what we're, we're, you know, hearing from Google internally. But um, I think the answer is they don't know. They're still trying to figure it out. They're still trying to decide. They're still running the numbers or whatever it is. And uh, probably listening to a lot of the feedback coming from us. Um, honestly, when I um, put out the fact that we were going to be doing the show, I wasn't sure you know, how many people would be showing up or how many people would be talking about it. But then the, the uh, feeds and the threads just exploded over in Slack and on uh, Hacker News and other places as well, as I mentioned before. And so you know, there is a lot of feedback. And, and like I said, they are... Um, listening to it. And I think that at this point, they just put that out there as a, hey, this is, we have to make a statement. This is going to be our statement. And for those groups with 10 or less, we are going to do something to allow you or help you to uh, migrate this stuff down or out, etc. But I, I am holding out hope because it does seem like they are looking in the direction of doing something similar to uh, Microsoft, where it's a family, a possible family plan, uh, which they don't have currently. As yeah, far as more than the, 10, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And this was some of the comments, you know, people are saying, you know, if, if Google were to offer a program, uh, you know, a, a license type similar to what the Microsoft family plan is, that's, you know, for like a hundred dollars a year or whatever that is, uh, that could be a pretty reasonable thing. And I think uh, that's, you know, something that I would probably go for to get an account with, you know, 10, 10 or so users, uh, kind of a fixed cost per year, probably, you know, of course, a lot of reduced functionality uh, features that would, you know, probably uh, line up with what a business starter or, um, you know, something like that plan or a nonprofit uh, license. I mean, nonprofit actually has quite a few things on it, surprisingly. Um, but something like a, a business uh, starter uh, license type would have uh, perhaps uh, limited storage, you know, maybe something in a line, in alignment with like a, a frontline user SKU, something like that. Uh, so for anyone that's familiar with Workspace, there's some uh, discounted frontline licenses that uh, offer limited uh, features, capabilities, and storage uh, compared to the business or enterprise licenses uh, for organizations that have a lot of users that typically aren't, you know, using email every day. I think it's uh, Jesse. I think you know some of the details. It's like two gigs and some other limited uh, limitations. You know, no D no DLP D DLP rules, uh, things like that. Uh, yeah, and that's going to have to be some creative uh, work on Google's part because I was just before the show looking at the qualifications for that, and they're very strict about saying that that is only frontline workers, and frontline workers classified as somebody who is sharing a device or is on the front lines and is not sitting at a desk and you know is a medical worker or a, a, a doc worker or things like that where they're not going to be using most of those things, and there are some severe limitations on that. Um, that being said, I think now is a good time to bring in some of the responses that we're getting from Google. And interestingly enough, they added a response since the last time I looked at our shared doc that we have with them. So I'm going to read this verbatim. We'll put it also in the chat so that you can go back and refer it. We asked them the critical question, will there be a non-business personal domain uh, Google workspace made available for everyone who's using it for their families? And their answer was a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, uh, they 
similar to what is already on their support article, but uh, here you go. We understand that some customers may not use their G Suite legacy free edition for business. In the coming months, we will provide an option for customers with 10 or fewer users in their group who do not use their G Suite legacy free edition for business to move their non-Google Workspace paid content and most of their data to a no-cost option. This new option will not include premium features like custom email or multi-account management. We will provide more detail in coming months and customers will be able to evaluate this option prior to July 1st, 2022 and prior to account suspension. As it stands now, the information we have in the Help Center is what we can share right now. We'll be following up with customers in the coming months who want more information. So uh, honestly, don't do anything before uh, you know the next month or so. Wait until we get some more information on this. Uh, that was their reply on that. We sent them a whole bunch of questions, but that was the primary one that we got back there. Some some new information in there. Uh, unfortunately, it is still that 10 or less. So um, that's definitely going to be a follow-up question that I will uh, we'll send over to them and say, okay, well, what about those who are a soccer team, for example, uh, who need more than that, um, and so on. Uh, what do you think, guys? What are your thoughts? Well, and we were talking about this uh, before the live stream. I, I feel like that's almost... I'm not really sure how that's different from uh, from taking your current legacy account, moving it to a workspace account, removing all your workspace licenses and, and adding cloud identity free. Uh, you'd still have access to your Google identity, you'd have access to Drive and, and the editors, you would lose Gmail and, uh, and Calendar, um, but you'd have everything else. Um, maybe what Google's talking about is there'll be some path for you to take your legacy domain and convert all those users into regular at Gmail users, um, retaining all their, all their, uh, their content. But, um, I, I'm not really, that's not how I'm interpreting that, that, uh, um, the information they provided. It just seems to be saying, yeah, that there, there will, there will be some way to, to preserve your other stuff other than email and, and the other paid services that are part of the, the Google account. So, I mean, that's great that they're listening and, and that there's some options that will be available. I think the thing that I find sort of, you know, for disappointing about all this is that this wasn't thought through earlier. And also we still don't know what it, what it is. Um, and also making the change requires, you know, someone who, who has the experience with the, um, with, with the Google licensing in general and just sort of knowing what the platform's all about. So you have to, you know, join a, a live stream like this to, to learn about it rather than there just being an easy, like, here's this thing we've given you for free for a decade plus, and we're not offering that anymore. So choose one of these three or four options, click here, 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 and then okay. And then everything gets done for you. That's not the case. There's, there's a lot of uh, thinking, a lot of work that people are going to need to do to be able to keep this stuff going. And it's, uh, it, it's too, too onerous for, for most users, certainly most of the people who I have worked with in the past who have legacy accounts, you know, it was just, it was an email account. Um, and now they have to deal with a big migration. Yeah, yeah. And I think that also pissed off a lot of people exactly as you were saying, sorry, Brian, I'll get to you in a second. Yeah, um, no worries. To, that for exactly that, it's like, well, even we all know how to migrate stuff out. It's a pain in the ass. And so if you had said, okay, here's how you can easily just drop this down to a Gmail account, choose a new non-taken Gmail, and I would have my 10 years of emails in there, and then I'd have to figure out the email routing on my domain. Okay, fine. But it's still a one-click easy path or few-click easy path in order to get that all done. Um, and to the point of uh, Kim and uh, 
it was uh, Gabriel and uh, some others in the chat, and as I was saying yesterday on Twitter, is by not including whatever their solution is going to be, by not including email and calendar, they've, they've missed the point. Custom email is most of what we did this for in, in, in the get-go, you know, from the get-go, and, and uh, whether or not we stay on here, having the ability to have that, uh, have your custom email domain is going to be a huge part of that decision. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I think the other account type that's not really related to the G3 legacy issue is the unmanaged accounts or consumer accounts. So anybody with an email address can just sign up for a Google account at, by going to accounts.google.com forward slash sign up without Gmail. So if Google is okay with basically letting everyone in an organization create a Google account, which comes with 15 gigabytes of storage, why are they all of a sudden cracking down on these users who've been a long-time customer of non-paying customers of Google, which effectively has same or fewer number of users, same amount of storage. So why are they suddenly changing or making this change? So I'd like to get some thoughts, uh, maybe officially from Google on why that's uh, happening. So like I've literally seen organizations with like thousands and thousands of these unmatched accounts. I must mean that costs that's costing Google some decent amount of money. So I'm assuming the, the footprint oh, from uh, Google's perspective for these G3 legacy accounts will be much, much smaller because I only have only one single user domain. Some of you might have a 10 user domain. Some of you might have 100 user domain. And even then the active use will, I'm assuming, will be a, a much, much uh, small on a like, smaller scale. So there were, there were some uh, accounts that were essentially given unlimited or thousands of accounts at one point. I 10, saw 000. someone say I got a ten thousand. Yeah, they, they had fourteen. They have fourteen hundred users in their G Suite Legacy account of active users currently, and they're wondering what are they going to do with all that, uh, all those users and information. So, I yeah, I think, I think one of the things that was not done very well was, uh, yeah, not having a clear understanding of all the different types of customers that are using G Suite Legacy, and not having clear solutions for. You know what to do next and then setting that date you know ahead of having these solutions in place now in typical google fashion perhaps they will push this date back right uh, we see this a lot especially on the workspace side of things when new features come out when things are announced uh, and things get delayed and pushed back and uh, you know adjust for the dates so maybe that can be also another thing to think about and and uh, you know you know, use previous uh, experiences with Google where they do uh, they do change those dates um, and, and you know, give people a bit more time to uh, figure things out internally at Google. So, yeah, and in terms of that migration path that Google may or may not be working on, I think we also should consider some of the data privacy or data governance requirements as well. So right now, if you had right. one of these G Suite legacy domains. Domain admin effectively owns the data, but if Google's thinking of ways similar to how it's letting students take the uh, export from their Google account, so then you are effectively individually assigning ownership of the data to a Gmail account user, then data ownership will be segregated. So that's something uh, to consider as well. Whether if you are a business, uh, then you have, may have certain regulatory requirements, but if it's for personal use, it may be then okay to split into different uh, gmail.com accounts. But it, then again, I all, I digress, but getting into the like uh, migration scenarios and then 
yeah. having to deal with all the drive intricacies of drive sharing permissions, calendar. So something to think about, but a lot of uncertainty in the future. So I think at this time, probably maybe delaying some of the timeline that Google initially announced might be a welcome use for uh, people with the uh, G Suite legacy domains. So, and you know, what some one of the comments here, I think Rob was talking about a useless hobbled workspace legacy account. So it's really not, you know, there's a lot of things you can actually do with a cloud of any account and with a, you know, a workspace, let's call it workspace because, you know, it eventually will move into that. It's not the G Suite legacy anymore. It'll turn into workspace or cloud of any domain. Uh, there is still a lot of things that you can do as an admin on one of those domains, uh, you know, and as a user on one of those environments. So looking at, you know, a cloud identity account right now that I have, I can access my contacts. I can access docs, drive, sites, sheets, slides. I can access keep, I can access Google groups uh, for business. So I could have, you know, five of my emails that I want and I could go to the group console and send out emails from each of those addresses. Yes, it's not gonna come centrally into my inbox. I'm not gonna have access to Gmail, but I will have, you know, the Google groups uh, to, to use for incoming mails and sending out emails from groups, that is possible. Uh, and then of course, everything on the consumer side, you know, that, that worked um, with a business account uh, would still be available. I know there's some, of course, some features functionality that don't work. Uh, something like the uh, discover functionality on Android is a little bit tricky or doesn't work at all uh, on workspace accounts, does on consumer or legacy accounts. And, um, you know, so you'll still be able to manage your YouTube channel analytics. Uh, you'll still be able to authenticate into every third-party service you have, and uh, you would then just simply leverage your, you know, email account. Let's say you, you know, created a Gmail account. Uh, you could, uh, you know, switch over to that for your email, and all your other apps could stay on the other account. You could switch between the two, and you can, you know, share files uh, to that other account, give it access if you need to, and vice versa. So there's there's definitely a decent amount of functionality still available on the cloud identity accounts that um, would be the most logical progression for for most customers because you can still keep that domain attached to your cloud identity domain. You just would change your MX uh, rules to point to maybe another server, for example, um, if you weren't going to be using Google anymore for your email, you would uh, you know go to your uh, your mail provider and just point your MX records to that new mail host and everything else would remain uh, the same in the Google environment that you have uh, for the most part. Yeah, so I see a question from uh, Jason and Jorgen or Jason. So yeah, cloud identity is a uh, site-based license. So that means each and every user that you create on your domain will get the, get the license. So the my only wish that Google had made would be to have that license available to be added to the uh, G Suite legacy domain without having to first upgrade to a workspace uh, uh, SKU. So which means that once you upgrade, then there, because there's now no longer a downgrade path, then you are either stuck with it. So we recommend, I guess, or I'll recommend that you only do it if your plan is to just switch over to uh, cloud identity and then uh, endpoint your MX record to uh, another service that you might decide to use. And, you know, it's early February now. The The cutoff here is is uh, end of June. So maybe, uh, as Jesse was speaking about earlier, wait and see what happens. There's still hopefully going to be some some more options and, and more uh, 
more news coming from from Google. So, you know, on on the legacy domains that I I manage, I, I'm just doing nothing right now because I figure things will change and and let's see what happens. But yeah, the fact that right now to to get cloud identity uh, licenses in place, you would need to start the process of switching from your legacy account to a workspace account that will be free until the end of June um, to be able to then add the cloud identity. It, it's, uh, you know, I figure I'll, I'll just be lazy and, and see what happens over the next month or two. Um, also in the chat, I was seeing some some comments about using GYV, uh, got your back as, as a way to, to migrate uh, from one Google account, one Gmail account to another. And yeah, I think that's, I, I would look to you guys as, as uh, sort of experts in this, um, but I mean, that's certainly a, a good option. But going back to my earlier point, that's a good option for someone who's comfortable um, going into command line and, and doing all this uh, Google admin stuff that um, the, 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 a lot of people who are using, who've been using uh, these legacy accounts for, for a decade plus are, are going to really struggle with. They're going to need to, uh, it's going to cost them some time and money to be able to, to make this work. Um, but yeah, GYB, I think would be a great, a great solution for, for those who want to just give up their, their, um, their custom domain and move to a Gmail, uh, account. Yeah. The thing with Gmail or the got your back to is it's always much easier or much quicker to export messages out of a mailbox, but to import it because of the Gmail API limits, uh, that runs in occasional runs into, uh, I guess, delays. So it's much slower because of some rate limiting on Google's end. So if you have had your Google account for 15 uh, plus years, then you have obviously a much longer message history. So that may take a while to complete. So that's something for something to consider as well. So maybe prioritize on some recent email first and then do a, I guess, another migrations to bring uh, your inbox up to date. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I was working on uh, recently was backing up emails in all of my consumer accounts, actually, with GYB. And I was going through it kind of year by year because there's, uh, well, my one Gmail account has over a million emails in it. You know, it's been around since 2006 or four or whatever it was. Um, Damn. And yeah, yeah, there's like 1.3 million emails in that account. So uh, a decent amount of emails uh, that you need to back up. And I was also doing it just so I could like selectively check each year to make sure that there you know, weren't any missed emails in terms of the API errors. Um, what you can do with that is, yeah, you can save every year as a separate folder and email files as part of GYB's uh, backup process and then import uh, those emails selectively over time or, uh, you know, like Brian was saying, you know, choose your last, let's say, six months of emails, uh, back those up into the folder in a specific path and then do everything else and then restore those ones and you can kind of keep an offline backup of those uh, as well, which is good. And, you know, I'm just looking back here again, some of the comments and Jorgen's talking about one of the worst things he said uh, with moving to a Gmail account is you can't move your Google Play purchases. Well, that's the thing you don't need to move. You don't need to move your Play purchases because you keep your existing identity with Google with the legacy account you have now uh, by moving into that cloud identity license type. And you still have this, you know, same email address, same login and everything that isn't Gmail and calendar, for example, kind of works in some other limited limited way uh, for the core apps. And then anything that isn't core applications like Google Play will, uh, you know, more than likely work as expected. I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be a few little caveats to certain things. And, and that kind of also probably goes back to the topic uh, that Brian was talking about. 
around data governance and legalities, things like that, where business accounts kind of operate differently than consumer accounts. And we're also, you know, we're seeing that right now in the workspace side of things where uh, web history and activity is being split out uh, right now. It's kind of an all or nothing setting for admins. And, you know, that is kind of moving into the ability to allow users to, to manage that on the workspace side uh, and then uh, kind of split that out uh, so that it's not just on or off entirely. I got some uh, other things, questions that I'm reading through the chat here and uh, wanted to reply to Authentic Poppy who said that they're locked out of their business account right now and they have no idea how to uh, get out of it and transfer it somewhere else. There is in the, I believe I put it in the um, notes here below this stream, if the current administrator left the company or you no longer, no longer have access to that account, um, you can take over as an admin if you can prove that you own the domain and you can request to be upgraded to the admin by filling out uh, Google's form. So go and check that, uh, that out in the, uh, the notes below. And then um, Richard and a couple of others were asking, what about those of us who clicked upgrade before they said a migration path was coming? Can we still migrate? I don't have anything official to announce about that, but in our talks with them, uh, they have uh, basically referenced, I, I won't say confirmed, but referenced that they are looking at that and uh, that there may be something for those who who did that. I don't want to be saying officially that there is something coming because it's Google. Anything could change even after they announce it. But um it looks like you you may still have hope, so uh, don't don't uh, do anything drastic at this point. Um, but since you did already do the upgrade, then you may as well uh, do some of the process of backing up your files and making sure that you still have a copy of them, um, etc. And then uh, some other questions that also I've seen from uh, our other YouTube videos uh, from previous shows, and I want to get everybody's opinion on this one is uh, what about Chromebooks that use a Google account for login? Uh, with the demise of uh, legacy, are you know are you able to still log into a Chromebook with a cloud-free identity, or um, are you still going to have your synced Chromebook uh, uh, details and things like that? Um, what do you guys think? I haven't tested it, but I believe it, it should work. Something I can. I'm on a Chromebook now, so if I sign up and try to add a, another cloud identity account, I'm sure that'll work. But I can try multitasking while on the call and confirm. Is there a way to, there wasn't a way to um, assign Chrome device licenses to a legacy domain, was there? No, I don't think you get the whole like a managed, uh, I guess, uh, or device policy, device level policies for Chrome, but user your user level policy should apply. Right. And the other part is the synchronization between different devices. So as long as yeah. Chrome Sync is enabled for uh, for that cloud identity user, then you should right. Yep, you should at least get the same experience on a Chromebook. It's just that if you are using cloud identity account, obviously a Gmail calendar uh, will not work. Uh, so I think those are the, some of the default icons in, in the bottom of your uh, Chromebook. So obviously, with those services, if you try to uh, open those services, it will just say contact admin service disabled. Yeah. Well, and then here's a question I have about that. I mean, yeah, I know you can take your, your cloud identity uh, account and log into a Chromebook. Um, if you don't have Gmail enabled, is there are there other mail clients for Chrome OS that will allow you to access uh, like if, if you move your domain's MX servers to another mail service, uh, are you able to access those through uh, through a Chromebook? Are there are there other um, yeah are, are there other uh, mail clients? Because I've only used Gmail uh, when using Chrome OS. 
Yeah, well, most most uh, providers will have their webmail. You know, Outlook's got their web uh, webmail client. You have Zoho's got their webmail client. Uh, you also have access to Android apps on a Chromebook to install actual clients that right, you know, okay. the Android applications to leverage. You know, some additional functionality that they may have. So I would say, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely ways to kind of use other email with Chromebooks in the browser, things like that. Um, and Jesse, I don't know if you saw one of the comments here. Uh, Riverside is actually uh, in the chat. Uh, I saw that. They saw my tweet. I uh, tweeted at them <laughs> okay. saying that uh, I was uh, broadcasting live on Riverside. So hi, guys. Oh, nice. Yeah, they were wondering how we're doing with the chat. Uh, we're just doing the chat and uh, YouTube live, actually. Uh, so we're just handling all the chat there and not uh, just setting the video feed into YouTube. Yeah, that was their question. Oh, OK. I didn't even see that one. Oh, that's awesome. Um, you know, it's interesting, as uh, we're seeing here, some of the people in the chat are saying that, um, you know, it's it's not just about the email and it's not just about um, the fact that they're making us pay for this. It's the fact that, you know, we've been, and to expand on that context, that, that, that comment is that we've been on this system for over a decade and it's also reviews that you've done it's also uh, the tons of google photos that you probably have in there many of us are, are, are yeah. paying for storage are we going to get refunded for money that we've spent on this account if we're not you know if i already paid for storage for the year then you know what happens to that money what happens to that storage and and uh you know i mean as we said at the top of the episode here it is a pain to migrate from google to google uh, brian is always talking about this he's done tons and tons of migrations and the, what is it the hardest ones brian are always google to google <laughs> yep <laughs> you would think I'd that they'd be able to it. yeah sorry go ahead no, i'd rather not do it if i if i could avoid it <laughs> You'd think they would make it easy for us. It. Like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, that happens. I mean, obviously, they they want to have people moving in from Microsoft and other services and whatnot. But uh, you know, there are a lot of companies that merge or uh, get bought out or or just switch over and things like that. So, yeah. So what I will say to that though is, um, you know, in terms of storage, additional storage purchased, and you know, will that be still available on that cloud identity account? Yes, it uh, more than likely will. Uh, as I'm, you know presume that because you purchased something on those accounts that you had the additional Google services uh, enabled for payments and you know that was that was kind of how you were able to make that payment in uh, in that kind of user account not as an admin and going through the admin console and adding drive storage which weirdly you know cost 10 times more going through the admin console and going in uh, as a per individual user those things are still possible on the on the cloud identity accounts so uh, you know, that storage will apply to Google Drive and Photos, for example, uh, just like it does now. So I would uh, I would say that that is, you know, still something that would continue to work. And one of the questions from uh, Justin here was about, you know, do you have recommendations for simple email forwarding to a Gmail account? Well, if you still keep your Google environment and you move to, let's say, you know, that workspace, but then remove that license and have just cloud identity, You'll still have access to, uh, you know, uh, some of the routing uh, capabilities. I'm pretty sure, because uh, I'm trying to think. I, I have this set up in a, an existing workspace environment where I have the ability to add a workspace license on Flex if I want to to user, which I do when I need to do things actually in Drive, and I do this for shared Drive access on a business account. Uh, actually, it's enterprise standard single user enterprise standard, but I don't pay for license when I don't need it, which is almost, you know, 12, 11.5 months out of the year, I don't need a license on a user because I've set up all my shared drives. 
I've shared it with my personal accounts and my personal accounts have access to the shared drive on that other domain. And I've only, I've unlicensed my, you know, admin user. And only if I needed to go into drive to create a new shared drive, would I need to add a license to that one user temporarily. Um, but what I can do is I can set address mapping rules to say, you know, any user at domain.com send over to user at gmail.com. And there's a couple different ways to configure routing rules. You know, you can do routing rules, uh, default routing rules, you can do address maps, and those all get around the uh, unlicensed user situation. Uh, so, you know, if you have a user and you set up a forwarding rule at the user level, that forwarding doesn't work when you suspend a user, don't have a license. Well, routing rules and address maps don't will continue to work with unlicensed users in an environment that is only cloud identity. So you can keep this environment, have the admin console, configure those rules and routing rules and send them over to a Gmail account and do everything you know moving forward in the Gmail and keep everything that you've done, essentially almost keep everything you've done in your workspace account. Uh, you can even, you know, you, you don't even, you, when you, you're talking about migrating data, um, same thing will happen. Uh, same thing happens with, uh, you know, well, with these accounts, I believe. Well, uh, you can take your data and copy it, you know, take a backup of it and move it into your Gmail, keep your account still active with just cloud identity and your email still stays there. Your drive data still stays there. You just can't access Gmail. If you, if you assign a license back to your account, boom, you have access to your inbox again and all the emails are there. Uh, and this is something that I've had in place for, you know, multiple years now. And, uh, you know, unless Google changes something with that situation, where they say, hey, if you don't have a license license on an account for you know, over a year or six months, we're gonna delete that email. They haven't done it for over two years on an account that I have. So it's remained unlicensed, the drive data is still there, the email data is still there. Um, and that, that kind of works, that's an option there. I think Brian, one of the things that we uh, need to work on is getting a notes from the field document put together for this uh, situation and kind of talk through all these different uh, scenarios and solutions for users. So I think we'll be, we'll be adding that to the workspace repository. Yeah. So, yeah. So what worries a bit, uh, sorry, Jesse. Yeah. So what worries a bit, what worries me a bit is the Google's cloud identity didn't always have drive access and didn't always have the 15 gigabit storage. So it was very quietly added. So what's mm -hmm. to say that Google may just take it away at some point? Sure, sure it's uh, currently in the terms of service that you have, but because it is a free service, there's no SLA. So I think there is a bit of a risk that you need to accept before, I guess, you start to use that. But I don't think oh, yeah. access to any of the additional services, so anything outside of workspace uh, will be impacted, but access to Drive, so Google could potentially disable your access to Drive. I don't think Google will delete your files, but until you start to pay, Google may uh, decide to do that sometime in the future. So that's something to consider uh, as well. And Steve, I have a question, but you're talking about the uh, email uh, routing that you can do at the admin level. Um, I know you can't do that in legacy. Uh, so I assume that when you, well, if I, if, I, if I migrate to workspace and then convert all my users to cloud identity free users, uh, so I don't have any paid workspace subscriptions, am I still able to do uh, email routing there or uh, is that tied to a paid, uh, like an active um, workspace license that includes Gmail? It's, it's so when you, um, you will, so if you, if you go to your, 
uh, admin console now and you look under your billing section and subscriptions, you know, you'll see that you probably have, you know, G Suite Legacy and you have Android management and those remain there. And uh, when you move over to Workspace, you will have the ability to have a, you know, a business or an enterprise license, whichever one you choose. You'll be able to have Cloud Identity Pre. You'll be able to potentially, you know, optionally add Cloud Identity Premium. Uh, and you have those subscriptions assigned to your tenant and you have the option to add licenses to users. And when you're on Flex, you don't, you don't have to assign even one license to a user. You can just turn all your licenses off and you still have access to the settings for whatever tier that is that you have on your subscription type. So if you have an Enterprise Plus license type, you have access to all the settings. Now, certain things just don't apply to users that aren't licensed at that time. So, you know, if you are expecting your user that, you know, that Cloud Identity user that has drive access to uh, have their DLP policies assigned to that, that won't happen, so not a licensed user. Uh, certain other things, you know, with logging, you know, you won't be able to send logging into BigQuery, for example, on a plus user. But uh, you still have access to those mail settings. You still have access to all the other settings. And if and when you apply a license to a user, those settings that you've configured work. So, yeah, that's, then that's, you know, that's the setup I have in an, in an Enterprise Plus environment where uh, I use it for, uh, you know, the, the additional... Uh, shared drive access. I, I can't remember if it's enterprise or if it's a business uh, plus or standard one to get access to shared drives. But essentially, it's you know a zero licensed workspace environment where there's you know twenty or thirty shared drives shared with the uh, I think it's still G Suite Basic uh, environment that we signed up for many years ago. I haven't created a workspace yet. All those users can access the shared drives on the other company's environment, and we kind of have unlimited storage and we have shared drive access even though we're on a G Suite Basic uh, account. It's kind of cool. That's sneaky. Now that you've talked about that here, they're going to come after you. I think that'll be yeah. they'll be yeah. doing a uh, that'll be the, the second quarter or the, the second half of the year. Well, I, I yeah, I think I, I mean I think Google's already uh, taking steps to address that type of a situation, not directly but indirectly, I think, and that's down to the drive storage limitations and uh, limiting that uh, ability right. to kind of have limitless shared drive storage which is effectively what's happening now is that, uh, you know, I have no licensed users and I have, you know, two terabytes of data in shared drives across, you know, 10 shared drives, whatever it is, something like that. Um, so that's just another kind of storage capacity concern that I'm also looking, you know, I'm, I'm going to be faced with because uh, on the workspace environment that I do have, where I do have a, you know, access to shared drives, you know, I'm, I'm just have, I just have one licensed user there and I'm, you know, using quite a few terabytes worth of, of storage across shared drives in that, that account. So on that note, Steve, so if you go to drive storage FAQ from Google, uh, Google does say, uh, I guess, two terabyte per user limit also applies to shared drive. Do you think Google will start to enforce that anytime soon? Because that's, well, yeah. that's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what they're saying. And the enforcement is the big question is when is that mm -hmm. going to start getting enforced and placing some limitations on it. Now, what we what I do know with storage limitations that are that do take effect right now is that you know on the consumer side if you pay for two terabytes of data or whatever extra storage it is that you have which I've had to do in my personal account again because I have a million emails and so much drive data um, you know when I when I hit that capacity I I don't lose access to my data I can still access it I just can't add more data to it right so 
you know, if you have a lot of data there and um, you, know, you need a lot of storage, well, just create that environment. And then as long as you're not adding more to it, it will more than likely work for quite some time. I mean, it's, that's been the, you know, I've, I've had accounts like that where we're, you know, over storage capacity for a while and it just sits there still accessible. You just can't add more to it. Yeah, I think that's probably why I've had, so I have, I've had like a lot of free storage in the past, whether it was from Dropbox or OneDrive. So I didn't realize at the time that it was a time promotion. So similar to what Google is doing now, they emailed me after the fact, okay, like the promotion that you signed up for in the past was time promotion. So we are actually taking your storage away. So I think with some providers, they actually did indicate that you will start to delete the file. So I basically migrated from like Dropbox to OneDrive and then OneDrive to Google. So like my drive structure on my personal side, so it's a regular gmail.com account is a is a huge mess because I basically copied everything over uh, that's been already copied previously. So that's something I've had to do. So I'm, I, I don't think Google will start to delete the data that you've created because they are, I think you've mentioned previously that they are a GDPR compliant data processor. So unless right. you tell them to, I don't think they have, they can legally delete your data. They may remove your access to data at some point, but that some point may be, uh, I guess it's an indeterminate time in the future. Yeah, I think I think what it is, it will, unless they let you, unless they um, notify you about that or do you agree to that process. So, so uh, that probably won't happen. Uh, or, you know, they'd, they'd have to give you at least some time to mm-hmm. uh, make adjustments for it. It wouldn't just instantly be, be gone. Uh, so just like what you have happen now when you remove a workspace license from the user and you get that warning box, you know, it says, hey, if you remove this license, here's what's going to be deleted. Are you sure you want to do this? And by saying, yes, I'm sure I want to do that, you've given Google the permission to delete mm-hmm. that data by yeah. taking that action, reading that warning box and saying, yes, my vault data is going to be gone. This is going to happen. You've then told them to go ahead and you know remove that data. So unless they start adding it to that dialog box and say your drive data will be deleted, then I, I don't envision them just going and removing that data because, mm. like you know, like I said, you, they can't. They've not been instructed to remove that data. Yeah. I see a question there from uh, Jim Barr about can can G Suite Legacy convert to nonprofit, and I think the well, yes, is the, the short answer. Uh, I'm in Canada. Easily. Easily is uh, Brian is too. And I, yeah, I had a lot of uh, organizations I was working with who had started off with, with well, with, with legacy accounts, what would now be called right. legacy accounts. Um, and then when Google then brought out their, uh, their nonprofit licenses, uh, they weren't available in Canada initially. Uh, so so my, uh, the organizations I was working uh, with had to stay in the, in the legacy accounts, but then Nonprofit is now available in Canada, definitely in the U.S. And uh, I, I'm not sure uh, where, where, you're, where you're writing from, uh, uh, Jim. But um, yeah, you can definitely move from your legacy account to nonprofit, and you should do it. I don't think there's any benefit to to being in legacy. What does that migration path look like? Because I'm I'm just thinking through of what you know the the nonprofit application process is. You have to you know at least you know register with that third party service. They verify your 5136C status in the U.S. anyways. And uh, does that just then get applied to your existing G Suite legacy environment? Or I'm hoping that that's not, you know, we create this new environment, you have to migrate the data to it. It's exactly, so just what you talked about here in Canada, they use TechSoup, 
as that yeah, uh, TechSoup, same. Yeah. Yeah. Same so, so, US, yeah. so your nonprofit has to qualify for for TechSoup once you're once you have your TechSoup account set up, uh, then you apply for um, for for the Google nonprofit license, and it just gets applied to your your existing account. You get a you know you get taken to a screen that says, "Are you sure you want to do this, or do you approve this?" Mm-hmm. And when you when you click yes, your legacy licenses go away because because yep. you're not allowed to to keep them around. Uh, but you have your um, your nonprofit licenses with all the services available. So it's a it's a very easy process if you're already registered with TechSoup. If not, it probably takes a, a week or so to to go through that process if you have all your proper paperwork uh, to confirm that you are you know, a, a registered nonprofit. All right, we're coming up on the uh, top of the hour here. Do we want to talk about some other options for people in terms of migration? Just in my homework I've done, uh, looking to see what people have been bringing also to other posts. You've got Amazon Workmail, which, okay, I have no experience with it, but I suppose that's an option. Uh, a lot of people are saying Apple iCloud Plus. They're already paying for iCloud Plus because they need more storage, and it does allow you to do a custom domain. Uh, you have to verify the custom domain with them, and then you're able to set up email at your custom domain there. So that could be an interesting option for a lot of people. There's a service called Migadu, M-I-G-A-D-U.com, uh, which a lot of people are recommending as well. It's an email service for domains that for, I think it's like 20 bucks a year or something, you can consolidate all of your email addresses and domains uh, in one place. So you know, it's an interesting option that's coming up all over the place. Uh, Zoho is also another one that a lot of people are talking about. They have a free plan, which has five uh, users on it for free forever, and that includes a custom domain. And I think their paid option is like a dollar a month or something, so much more affordable there. Uh, What have you guys seen, and uh, what would you recommend people look at for alternative options should they decide Google is, you know, has burned us one too many times, and now it's time to jump ship? What would you do? In terms of alternative uh, solutions, you're saying like which one would would I go with? Yeah, any of the ones I listed or other recommendations or thoughts? Um, I mean, you know, I, I guess it, you know one of the factors of that is going to be cost, uh, features, functionality. A lot of people just need email, so I know you know I've used Zoho Mail in the past before, and they have a very cheap one dollar per user solution that gives you access to email and Pop and IMAP, and I think you know a few of their other uh, kind of cloud tools. Uh, so from like a cost functionality, you know, name perspective, I mean, that's probably one that I would first look at, uh, pretty reasonable there. And, you know, you kind of, you know, uh, yeah, so, so free does not have IMAP. Yeah. That's where the dollar per user comes into play. So if you spend that dollar per user, uh, you get that IMAP access. And, um, and I think for the next tier up is, you know, $4 per user, something like that. So a little cheaper, uh, than, than Google, but, um, you know, the other thing, too, to think about with organizations that have large numbers of users, I'm sure just like with current uh, workspace and uh, business customers, uh, there, are, there are discounts that can be applied to uh, licenses. And, you know, and Brian, I'm sure you can attest to this, too. You know, that we've seen discounts uh, kind of in the 60 percent uh, figures uh, at times for customers and even even more in some cases. Uh, pretty rare to be more than 60 percent. But. Uh, if you have a large enough environment, so that that fourteen hundred user environment that I was talking about, uh, you know, what are they considering uh, being able to do? There are ways to get substantial discounts with Google, and and a lot of times those substantial discounts come at these points in time where there is this transition uh, in SKUs or in change in uh, some of the uh, terms and conditions, where 
you can get access to those those steeper discounts. And if, if they do offer those, I would say, you know, if you, if you know you want to stick with it for a while, commit to that discount for as long as possible, as long as they'll offer, uh, because of course those costs will go up eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you do decide with to go with the self upgrade option, you are already getting a hundred percent discount. So you're paying zero dollars for the next six months, and then at and then the first year after that will be 50% discount. So if you do decide to go with a higher tier, so this discount only applies up to, I believe, business standard or business plus tier. So if you do decide to go with like one of the enterprise tiers, I'm sure if you reach out to Google, they will be able to get you better uh, or the same or if not better uh, level of discount is my, uh, is my guess if I were to uh, speculate. You know, does Stephen had a question about does five hundred one C six qualify? No, it's five hundred one C three are the only ones that qualify uh, from a Google perspective in the U.S. Uh, and then also, there's also some additional um, caveats to five hundred one C three status. Uh, can't be a school, uh, and then there's a couple other. Uh, can't be a government agency. Uh, there's a couple other caveats to that. So um, there's a there's an article that we can uh, link to that kind of outlines all those requirements. Each country has their own kind of requirements as well. So. Going back to your question, Jesse, about sort of what what options are, are out there and what what people might want to use. I mean, one thing I'm I'm looking at is the using split delivery or the the mail routing rules that are available uh, in workspace. We we're talking about earlier about the sort of the zero license workspace um, option, but but yeah, sort of moving all of my users who are in legacy uh, accounts to, um, to to cloud identity free ones, so they keep all their Google services but then setting up some mail routing that, so it goes somewhere else, possibly to personal Gmail accounts or to, to another service. Um, I mean, for me, I've just become such a, uh, so dependent on, on the Gmail interface. So the idea of moving to Zoho or, or iCloud or, or really anything else, um, you know, I wean myself off of using uh, Apple Mail as my, as my default mail client a uh, good, well, seven to 10 years ago. And, um, yeah, I, I live in Gmail, so it's, it's worth it to me to keep that. What's kind of, you know, again, not to belabor the point, but what's so frustrating is if I had just kept a Gmail account, I, I wouldn't be having to worry about any of this stuff and I, I wouldn't be having to make any changes. Um, but that's probably what I'll, what I'll do for myself and, and for some of the other users who I, uh, who I help with this kind of stuff. Um, another option I wanted to throw in there though, for, for those who are looking for a very cheap uh, way forward, you know, there, there's, there's so many inexpensive web hosting companies out there, uh, you know, GoDaddy and, and HostGator and, uh, uh, I'm trying to think there, there, there's hundreds of them that, you know, for a few dollars a month, will give you, uh, tons of storage and unlimited email accounts. So you can have a very basic, uh, email or very, very, very straightforward email with IMAP and pop and SMTP access. Um, you're probably going to be using Roundcube or Horde or whatever one of these uh, open source uh, email uh, webmail clients to access it if you're not using a, a mail client on your on your computer. But it's fine. It'll it'll uh, it'll it'll give you email. It'll, it'll maybe not have the same reliability as as Google servers, but it's still going to be probably pretty well okay for most of the organizations that are finding themselves in this situation now. 
Yeah, to the uh, comments that are in the feed, though. But it's not Gmail. <laughs> I yeah, agree. Exactly. You know, it's and that's why we've been in uh, the Gmail and in the Google environment for so long. And you know, they they love to break things or or take things away from us. And uh, you know, this does seem like it's the final straw for a lot of people. But I really, I really do feel from everything that I know about Google and how they operate and what I'm hearing internally from the backlash that they're getting, I do think that there's a good chance that there's probably some kind of a family edition coming, especially since Microsoft has one. So they've been adding a whole bunch of features lately uh, and, and you know, redoing all of the workspace um, uh, SKUs. Steve and I commented on the on the show. It feels awfully yeah. like Microsoft all of a sudden when it comes to licensing. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Microsoft execs have moved across to Google. And yeah, that 300, of... 300 user limit that you mentioned on one of our calls yeah. before. Yeah. Well, right, 300 user limit, and then also the 10 user limit with a family situation. That is also a Microsoft thing. So that 10 user, I mean, it's also coincidentally one of the license limits that G Suite Legacy had, but uh, it is also the the number that uh, Microsoft has for the family plan. So, uh, my experience with Legacy back in the day was that you started with 10, and then when you got close to 10, your your limit would you know magically increase without you having to do anything to 25 or 50 or something. And then if you started pushing up on 50, you'd get a hundred and then a thousand. And like, I have some legacy accounts that have 10,000 seats available. We're not using nearly that many, but they're available if we wanted to waste a bunch of time. Yeah. I've, I never, uh, I never got past, I think uh, 50 or a hundred users, but I never had the situation where uh, my legacy license had increased. I, I was not aware that that was something that was happening uh, for customers. But I, I, Jesse, you talked about that happening on some of your, legacy accounts right in the past. Well, if I remember correctly, and this was a very long time ago, but if I remember correctly, I saw something in the admin panel that said, hey, do you need more users? Click here to request. And so I filled out the form and I don't know, I, I was uh, you know, very young in my IT career at that point. And uh, they said, well, how many do you need? And I went, 10,000? And they gave me 10,000. So <laughs> there you go. Um, unfortunately, I let that account go at one point. I don't even remember when or why. I should have held on to that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize how valuable it would all of a sudden become when they stopped offering it. But, um, you know, there, there's uh, times when people have asked me, oh, do you have any of those uh, legacy accounts that you don't need anymore that we can take over? There are people on eBay that are selling those accounts. And I was going to say, <laughs> I was just about to talk about that. I remember uh, a lot of people or sites or companies selling, you know, I have a G Suite legacy account, buy it for a hundred bucks and just a whole bunch of people, you know, going there and, getting an environment and attaching a domain to it and then selling it. I bet anybody who recently did that feels pretty dumb right now. <laughs> Hopefully there's not many of those. Hopefully not. For a while. Well, yeah. also because you couldn't add, uh, add domains to those legacy uh, accounts. You, you're, oh, yeah. you could add aliases, but you would have mm -hmm. still been you know, stuck with someone else's weird domain. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, so I see a question from Manny. So Google Sites is one feature that wasn't always available for cloud identity, but Google also added support for it. Yeah. So previously, if you are a cloud identity user, you cannot access Google Sites, but that's something Google added rather quietly. So your site should still uh, work. Yeah, yeah, the, the site will definitely work, that's for sure. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm going there right now as a cloud identity user, and I'm you know, going in and being able to create a new site, it looks like. So I think even as a, as a free user, you can still uh, edit a sites, either create new ones or edit existing ones. So that'll still be possible. 
Yeah, the other thing too, with regards to the license increases, so cloud identity, identity. So if you had no other Google service, so when you initially sign up for Google identity, it gives you 50 user licenses. So you can, so depending on when you request cloud or when you add cloud identity licenses to your domain, depending on what other services of Google that you might be using, that cloud identity pool. So we mentioned that it is, it's a site-based license. So that number could be somewhere between zero and 50,000. Sometimes I've also seen hundred thousand. So that number is rather random, but if yeah, you have other Google services <laughs> that might be, that you might be using, whether it's uh, GCP. So I have a few GCP uh, projects on my personal domain. So depending on, uh, at the time of request. So Google may initially give you an ample uh, user limit. If not, you can try filling out the uh, cloud identity free uh, request uh, inc uh, limit increase form. Uh, Google may uh, decide to allow you to uh, uh, or fulfill that request uh, if it's uh, reasonable. Otherwise, you may need to provide some uh, additional justification to uh, get that request fulfilled. Yeah, it's actually never, that's something we haven't really talked about either is uh, what about these legacy domains that are using GCP and have GCP projects? Uh, obviously you want to make sure that you still keep your environment around because you'll want to still leverage these identities to access GCP resources and projects and servers, things like that. Um, now you'll just have to figure out, you know, where do you point your mail if you're not going to continue with the workspace license? Mm -hmm. Yeah, same with exact same thing with the Google marketing platform as well. Yeah. Manny Flores just wrote, you know, I'll have to read up on this identity thing you guys are talking about now. Uh, not sure I understand it. And, uh, yeah, one of the one of the things that I find just kind of it's kind of typical Google, I would say, but it's it's certainly frustrating through this whole process with with legacy going away, is that there's no clear documentation that shows you exactly what it is uh, and, and all the different use cases for it. Um, I mean, my understanding is you'd use cloud identity for for all stuff and all sorts of stuff in GCP, um, but it also is applicable to uh, some of the the workspace services like Drive and the editors, contacts. Yeah. Um, and so on. But when I started Googling around to just sort of look into that and see it all written out, the, the focus from Google's documentation seems to be more on the GCP, the Google Cloud uh, uh, services uh, side of things. Um, but yeah, really just a very basic definition of it is it's a, it's a free Google license that gives you identity and access to a number of services, but not Gmail, not Calendar and uh, some limitations on some of the other services. Yeah, think think of it as a a very, you know, fundamental identity license that is GCP and workspace that has GCP and workspace capabilities. Uh, so it's something that you can really easily test. Uh, so what I would say is if you're curious about, you know, what does a uh, cloud identity free slash workspace environment look like? Go out there and create one. Uh, take your domain that you have right now, put in, you know, test.domain.com that you have at, at the moment. So that's a new domain essentially for Google. Go to, you know, create a new cloud identity environment and you will get, I think, um, you know, you can go to workspace.google.com slash sign up slash GCP identity. I think slash welcome is probably required there as well. Uh, and so I'll give that again. So let me just make sure that I can. Uh, I pasted it in the chat, Steve. You, you and I had okay. the exact same thought at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Got it. Uh, so yeah, you can set up a free account there. 
and uh, you know, kind of have a play around with it and see what does it look like to have, you know, a workspace slash cloud identity account, uh, you know, turn auto licensing off, add a workspace license, add cloud identity free, add cloud identity premium, toggle things on and off, and see what it looks like. So, pretty easy to uh, to check that out and test that out. I would say rather than reading documentation, just go and create the test environment because it's just so much simpler to see it and have a user and have that experience than trying to read through the documentation. I know when Cloud Identity came out, I, you know, it took it, no one understood Cloud Identity for about a year, I think. There was no documentation around it. No one really understood what it was. Uh, and I think at least now it's pretty, uh, it's more solidified in terms of understanding and knowing what, uh, what it does and how it works. But uh, still, I think the easiest way to do is, uh, thing to do is just go and create that environment. And you said you shared a link in the chat, Brian? Yeah, it's, uh, I shared cloud.google.com slash identity slash stock slash setup. So that has the link, that welcome uh, yeah, link. I think, I think it got filtered. I was going to say, I'm, I'm not seeing it. It may have gotten filtered. Yeah. Let me jump yeah, over there and I see think, if I can just... Filter URLs. Um, so I think if... I'm going to put spaces uh, in everything. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think this will work if uh, you just remove the spaces on things or take the spaces out kind of thing. Or does anyone else see that now? I'm not sure if it still worked or not. Uh, I'm not sure. Enough spaces in there. Manny, your comment there, yeah. Hesitant to start another free thing with Google. Yeah, that's that's the question. Is will will they start to strip away some of the things included in that free account? Um, well, with, I think drive storage being the most, you know, sort yeah. of the biggest question for me. I, so I doubt it. I doubt it. And the reason why I doubt it is just given that th those things were added as more and more business customers were leveraging it and uh, looking at, you know what do customers that have Cloud Identity free licenses need and Cloud Identity premium licenses. Uh, so those are, you know, those are license types that uh, kind of are pretty well established. And I know that there, uh, it does have, of course, the word free in it, uh, but you know, you, you do have the premium uh, license type attached to that. And um, you, know, you, you will have your workspace license subscription added on there as well to also be able to toggle on to a user if you need it. So, uh, that's you know definitely uh, I think more thought out from a product perspective than uh, you know I guess what G Suite uh, free you know sign up was when it, in its infancy. Uh, so this is this is definitely tied to kind of the workspace GCP business side of things a lot more closely. So I don't imagine that going away. I, I thought also part of it was that the that fifteen gigs of storage you get with that cloud identity account is is partially needed for for um, syncing your Chrome profile. Uh, if you're if you're moving across devices, uh, Chromebooks and other other devices, um, so that makes sense. But maybe you don't need 15 gigs. Maybe they move it to one gig or something. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that it's also referred to in some of the help articles around what can a uh, you know an unlicensed user do in a shared drive environment. So. They kind of talk about the limitations there and, and what what that is. So, again, you know that's kind of pretty you know well established in terms of uh, you know what those cloud free licenses can do, and uh, and how that works. 
before we start losing people towards the end of the stream here, I just want to invite everybody to continue the conversation over in our free uh, Tab Geeks IT professionals community. It's totally free, totally sponsor free. The only thing is that there's no assholery allowed. Um, we have a workspace channel, but you're of course welcome to discuss all things IT. Just wanted to get that little pitch in there. It's just a, a community by IT people for IT people, and and you know it's this is not over. This is going to be an ongoing discussion. So. Um, Anyway, I wanted to throw that in there, and uh, if you guys have any last thoughts before we wrap up here, we're already over an hour and change. Um, go ahead. Uh, no, just talking about, I think one something Jason here said, uh, Cloud is letting me sign up with my G Suite account, which is confusing. So yeah, <laughs> use an, a, an incognito window. Do not use a profile where you're signed into an existing Google account. You want to do this in a uh, brand new session, brand new window, new, new Chrome profile, uh, or you know, just set up an, an identity in any incognito window first, and then create a new Chrome profile. Just another kind of trick that you, you really don't want to be signed into multiple identities in the same Chrome profile. Uh, you want to create multiple profiles for your multiple identities. And I know all about that because I've got I don't know three to four hundred Google identities right now. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I want to pour some kerosene on the fire here, which is. You know, one of the criticisms made of this decision is that a lot of the people who set up these legacy accounts way back when were you know, early adopters who helped Google move into the space they're in now where they've been able to become a, a very um, you know, viable uh, competitor to, to Microsoft's offerings. Um, and you know, Google also did the same thing by, by moving uh, into the education space and offering uh, the same kind of free licensing to education users. So so yeah, the, the big can of kerosene I'm pointing on is, do you think at some point ever in the future, in our lifetimes, Google is going to pull those free uh, well, education and, and nonprofit licenses because they, they just want to focus on the almighty, uh, almighty dollar? Well, they're already doing that. I mean, they're already doing that with the storage. You know, so they already have that 100 terabyte limit. Um, working with, I'm working with universities right now that you know, we've got, oh, we've got 250 terabytes and we have a 100 terabyte limit. What do we do? So, you know, that's kind of forcing those universities into paid licenses or to other solutions. So, and, you know, like I think someone said, you know, there's, there's obviously um, things will change. You're right. It's not going to remain, uh, you know, entirely constant, the same forever. Nothing ever does. I don't know why we would expect that to be the case. I mean, you know, um, you know, if, if, Henry Ford offered a lifetime warranty on his, you know, Model T. Do we expect it to still be around and for Ford to, you know, to provide support? No, of course not. Um, so, you know, Google's changed uh, their license types before. They've gone from G Suite to Workspace. They've changed features available on each of those tiers. Costs have changed uh, for them. Uh, you know, more features are being available on different tiers, and things kind of got restructured. And you know, yes, that's probably it's very possible that'll change. Um, you can really uh, you know, kind of only operate with the information you know now and, you know, what you've known any company to do, uh, which is they will change things. It, it happens. There's, there's nothing that remains the same with any provider. It's just, I, I, you know, uh, companies get bought out, companies get acquired, uh, things change. So you have to be uh, aware of that and, you know, know that at some point, yes, in the future, things will change and won't be the same as today. So much for don't be evil. Well, they they definitely removed that from their motto uh, quite a few years ago. So, yeah, I think it was just at some point. It, I think it was getting hard, difficult for them to manage in terms of 
the features that they continuously release into Google Workspace. So, you know, uh, it, at the bottom of each of those blog posts is different editions. Sometimes we see consumer accounts, gmail.com accounts, G Suite legacy accounts. And at some point, I was starting to see more features become available in the G Suite legacy console without any uh, announcement from Google. So I wasn't expecting some of the new features like Google Meet features or even uh, being able to access Google Groups, Google Sites, and those types of services. So Google probably at, some, at one point got tired, okay, like why do we still have this like G Suite legacy edition when we are pushing these changes? Maybe let's try to force them to Google Workspace or move them to Google Workspace so we can only focus on the products that we are selling. And uh, I guess I guess it was a bit of a both business and technical decision. So like they maybe see some companies potentially taking this opportunity to move to Workspace. So like I have come across uh, some mergers and acquisition involving a legacy domain where the owner of the company that's being acquired wanted to retain that legacy domain and the legacy license on their own. That means they were unable to bring that domain over because G Suite Legacy doesn't support adding a secondary domain. So that was a blocker back then. So, but because now uh, they're sort of forcing their hand in terms of, okay, now you have to upgrade at this point, which then will allow adding a secondary domain to allowing the domain to be to be transferred, transferred over. Yeah. And all that's going to be possible, right? So that'll all be possible when you, as soon as you add that workspace license to it. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, wait until there's some more, uh, you know, information on what is going to be possible from, you know, moving over to consumer accounts, things like that, or migrating out of workspace. But I would say for, for the most part, uh, I think you will probably, you know, a lot of people want to maybe do both. You'll want to have uh, some things migrate out in terms of like email. You want to have an easy way to do that and start to, uh, you know, contain things in an account that you know is uh, not workspace. But then there'll still be things that you want to keep keep around. So hopefully there's that capability too. So I don't know, uh, you know, when they come up with this migration path, and I'm not sure about the education side of how this works. But uh, with uh, I, th I think with the education transfer tool, you are migrating things out of that account into a personal one, and that uh, education account remains active. If that's the case, you know, you can still keep the the domain active in cloud identity and um, still do things there uh, for the most part, and then have a separate one on the consumer side. So, um, and then Steve was asking, do we use cloud identity accounts for to admin our clients? Yeah, um, a lot of times I'll just uh, leverage cloud identity accounts to uh, be an admin on a customer environment because uh, you know I just don't often need the uh, need to do things that a licensed user does. So. Um, some things like um, uh, enterprise features don't work unless you have a uh, cloud identity premium, uh, but most admin tasks can be done with a cloud identity free account, and uh, especially things on the uh, on the basic kind of low, lowest level tier of features are possible. Things it's just things like the investigation tool and uh, security investigation tool, which are only enterprise only features. And I think Brian, you know a few more things about what an admin can't do without a, a licensed account in the admin console, right? Yeah, it's just mostly the security center stuff. So if you add that Enterprise Plus license to the admin, then all those, uh, I guess, the three features of security center comes back. So it's yeah. security dashboard, security health, and investigation tool. Yeah, and the cheap and the cheap way to do that is with cut out any premium, the six dollar license. Mm. 
All right. Well, as I said before, we're going to be putting all of this information into a guide and posting it on the tabgeeks.com blog and uh, probably also putting it in the shared drive repository that we have for workspace admins. We will also likely, as I'm seeing all the engagement here and thinking about how this is going to continue unfold, likely do a follow-up live event to be sure that uh, we get all of the coverage on here and hopefully we can manage to work with Google scheduling to get a couple of Googlers on here and get some real uh, answers out of them uh, internally. Uh, be sure to subscribe to this channel so you get notified when we're doing another event like this and when we also uh, publish our other videos. We do workspace recap on a weekly basis, like I said before. We have another uh, show that we're doing called Supporting IT Support, which Sneak Peek is about to be rebranded to... Uh, right, the name is changing over to uh, Heroes of IT, so that'll uh, interview interesting people all throughout IT. We've also got, again, like I said before, the uh, Slack community, which you can get at tabgeeks.com forward slash Slack. And our newsletter is tabgeeks.com forward slash newsletter, and that shows our, uh, that includes our weekly updates our shows uh, job board of all the hot IT jobs uh, that I see of the week in the various communities that I'm in and uh, the top tech news of the week. So we invite you to join all of those. Uh, like I said, the IT professionals community is totally free, totally sponsor free, no assholery, no assholery allowed. I used to be able to say that much better. Um, thank you everyone for joining us and hang in there. We're going to keep digging to, uh, to cover this and figure out what's going on as this continues to evolve. And thank you, Jeremy and Brian for joining us and helping us host. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and I would say um, in addition to the uh, TapGeek site, just, you know, you can always come back to this video and check out the description with the links. I think we'll, um, we'll, we'll clean up the description a bit, put some, uh, some of those reference materials at the top and uh, kind of we'll always have that to kind of refer back to as well. Yep. Look at that, 100 plus subscribers now. Oh, baby, we made it. Yeah, just, just over 100. Yeah. And uh, thank you, thank you. Hopefully YouTube will wake up now and let me get the uh, custom domain on there. Uh, the results of the poll, by the way, are 105 votes on the new poll that I did because for some reason the previous one ended. 94% of you said that you do use Google Legacy, or G Suite yeah. Legacy Free with family and not for business. No surprise there was just curious how many people would say that they had done it because Google's got that form and nobody knows what the result of that is. The previous poll, and I'm not sure if any of you took it more than once, but the previous poll had 65 people in it and it had 98% uh who had um said that they use it for uh family and not for business so that's obviously a big topic here and uh we're going to continue fighting inside of google and trying to get them to give the, give us this offering because i think it would not just for all of us legacy old school users and and uh, crotchety old farts here that are uh, complaining about all of this i think it's a, a wonderful offering for families and and obviously there's a use case for it so um stay tuned i suppose All right. Anything else? I think we're out. Um, I will stop the live stream then. Thank you, everyone, for coming. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on our the rest of our show. And uh, see you next time on Workspace Recaps.